Never be ashamed. Never be ashamed. This poor man cries. This poor man cried. And the Lord heard me and saved me from my enemy. The Son of God surrounds his saints. Let them, he'll deliver them. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Come exalt his name together. Glorify the Lord with me. Come exalt.
sarcoma um, they're gonna do he's he's like 65 66 now and his wife is about his age so they're gonna do chemo to shrink it some and then they were talking about surgery she's down Mayo Clinic in Jacksonville they're talking about breaking a rib so they could get in there to get at it and stuff and I just want to continue to pray for her I'm not I'm just asking for it to dissolve go away be done with it amen I believe God can do that that's what I'm praying for amen if you have a request upon your heart this morning amen you know I have loved ones my son is going down a strange road amen let's pray father we love you this morning and Lord I'm so grateful that we have a an advocate, Jesus Christ the righteous. Father, that by the name of Jesus Christ, we can have our petitions heard, we can enter into the courts, you will raise that scepter, and you'll accept us into your presence. I pray for Bruce Nowak's wife, Patty. Lord, you saw all the hands, Father. You said, ask and ask abundantly in the name of Jesus Christ. And I pray against this tumor. I pray against this cancer and Patty Noack, Father. I place the blood by the name of Jesus Christ between this and her. I pray, Lord, I know that they will give you glory. Very much so, for they believe you. We love you this morning. We thank you for the victory in all things, Father. And I pray as I would gather the tithes and offerings, you bless the cheerful giver, Father. Lord, you see everyone here, those that would be streaming. I pray that you would bless them, Father, 
But your Holy Spirit, give them what they have need of. Give me what I have need of, Father. We're looking to you for all things. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand. Amen. My God is awesome, he can move mountains, keep me in the valley, and hide me from the rain. My God is awesome, heals me when I'm broken, strength where I am weakened, forever he will reign.
Highway to heaven. Let's say that. <clears throat> it's a highway to heaven. Oh, none can walk up there but the pure in heart. It's a highway to heaven. Walking up the king's highway. Oh, it's a highway to heaven. Oh, none can walk up there but the pure in heart. It's a highway to heaven. Walking up the king's highway. One more time. It's a highway. up there but the pure in heart it's a highway to heaven walking up the king's highway well if you're not walking well walking up the king's highway well You'll be Oh, walking up the king's highway Oh, it's a highway to heaven Oh, none can walk up there But the pure in heart It's a highway to heaven Walking up the king's Way. Let's put our hands together. Oh, it's a highway to heaven. Oh, but the pure in heart. It's a highway to heaven. Walking up the king's highway. Well, see if you're not walking. Start while I'm talking, walking up the king's highway. Well, you be a blessing, you'll be confessing, walking up the king's highway. Oh, it's a highway to heaven. Oh, none can walk up there. But 
Amen. Let's, let's sing that song we were singing in C back there. That you start. Years I spent in vanity and pride. Carry not my Lord was crucified. No, it not it was for me. He died.
are possible only believe only believe only believe all things are possible only Only believe. Let's get a Lord a wave offering. Only believe. Only believe. All things are possible. scripture. I'm going to look at um, starting in Luke chapter 3. Amen. And greet you in the name of the Lord today. Happy to have you all here in the house of God. Amen. Amen. Turn around and smile at somebody. 
Wave at them, shake their hands, say, God bless you. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Amen. Your heart's ready? <clears throat> Amen. Hope my mind is ready. <laughs> Amen. It's a lot, and so I, I didn't expect to have a third part to this series. Uh, it's turned into that. I thought I finished it uh, with the last installment, but we're going to go with part three of To Start a Fire. Amen. Let's read from Luke chapter 3. <clears throat> I will, um, yeah, let's just read this. Luke 3 and beginning at verse 3. Now, this is the story of John the Baptist, all right? Um, you know, verse 1 and verse 2 deals with who was in charge of the government, what was going on, and who was Caesar and who was king and all that. And it's uh, coming to John, verse 3. And he came into all the country round about Jordan, the country about Jordan, preaching the baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. As it is written in the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet, saying the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. Every valley shall be filled and every mountain and hill shall be brought low. That's pretty descriptive. Would you agree? And yet nothing like that happened. Look at it again. Every valley shall be filled and every mountain and hill shall be brought low and the crooked shall be made straight and the rough ways shall be made smooth. I tell you, um, you know, he, he's quoting the Old Testament prophet who obviously must have been a false prophet because none of this happened like, like you would think. <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord. Now, breathe. Just breathe. You'll be okay. All right. It's all good. Amen. Praise the Lord. Verse 6. And all flesh shall see the salvation of God. Then said he to the multitude that came forth to be baptized of him, O generation of vipers, who hath warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bring forth, therefore, fruits worthy of repentance, and begin not to say within yourselves, We have Abraham to our father. For I say unto you <clears throat> that God is able of these stones to raise up children unto Ahab. Let me read that, let that verse again. Verse 8, don't just come to church and say you're a message believer. And don't just come in and pretend to be one of God's family. Don't begin to say within yourselves, well, I'm elected. God is able to raise up of stones, children, to Abraham. You need to come with repentance and show meat fruit of repentance. That's why you come to church. Man, verse 9. And now also the axe is laid unto the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, which bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. The Old Testament is replete with examples of trees being symbolic of humans. Amen. Amen. David said, I'm an aloe tree, I'm a palm tree. 
you know about the trees in the Garden of Eden. One was Christ and one was Satan, right? All right. So uh, verse 10, and the people ask him saying, what shall we do then? He answereth and said unto them, he that hath two coats, let him impart to him that hath none, and him, he that hath meat, let him do likewise. In other words, don't keep your, your, your blessing of God in the new birth to yourself. Amen. We share the, the blessing of God, don't we? Then came also publicans to be baptized and said unto him, Master, what shall we do? He said unto them, Exact no more than that which is appointed you. And the soldiers likewise demanded of him, saying, And what shall we do? See, everybody had something to do. The lesson is when you're born again, you got something to do. Now you got a mission. Now you're somebody. See, now you're actually living. Brother Ram says before the new birth, you're just dying. Amen? Amen. Uriah, you're going to see here in a minute how the Holy Spirit instigated that conversation last night. Amen. You're going to see it just in a minute. <clears throat> Again, verse 14, and the soldiers likewise demanded of him, saying, and what shall we do? And he said unto them, do violence to no man, neither accuse any falsely, and be content with your wages. So the gospel changes your life. It doesn't leave you like it did. You agree? And as the people were in expectation, and can I, can I just interrupt myself and, and say that Please realize you're reading the ministry of Elijah. And Elijah's ministry was that the Holy Ghost changes your life. And you can't say, I'm a Christian without being, unless you actually live like a Christian. And for that kind of approach, the people of Elijah's day, the king, the government, everybody hated him. Say, oh no, they loved him, they killed him. For the same reason they hated the Tishbite, for the same reason that they hate the Elijah of this day, because it would not walk among those systems and just leave them like they were. It would blow them up. Amen. All right? And the people, verse, now watch, verse 15, and the people were in expectation, and all men mused in their hearts of John, whether he were the Christ or not. John answered, saying unto them all, I indeed baptize you with water. Now I'm coming to my title. See, to start a fire. And today I'm going to take a a subtitle, Starting and Finishing with Fire. And John answered, verse 16, saying unto them all, I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I cometh the latchet of whose shoes I am not worthy to unloose. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire, whose fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly purge his floor and will gather the wheat into his garner, but the chaff he will burn with fire unquenchable. 1 Kings chapter 10 one verse. If they can just put it on the screen, you won't have to race there in your Bibles. We're just going to catch one verse. 1 Kings 10, 27. And the king made silver to be in Jerusalem as stones 
and cedars made he to be as the sycamore trees that are in the vale for abundance. Amen. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. You can be seated. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Been enjoying this fine spring weather coming in. Amen. I, I thought to myself, my goodness, winter seems to be gone already. <laughs> Amen. So uh, I, I tell people all the time when they ask me, I get asked two questions. What, what kind of weather do y'all have? And uh, what do you do about those terrible hurricanes that come through? And I said, well, the hurricanes are the easiest part. And they're shocked. I say, that's the easy part? I say, yeah, we just pray them away. And it, almost, almost, you know, they think I'm joking. And they look at me, yeah, praise the Lord. What do you really do? I said, no, for real, we just pray them away. And it's never failed us yet. Amen. Even they hardly ever make it here, even when they say, because we just pray them and turn the direction. And even the ones that have come through, the Lord has preserved us, hasn't he? Amen. And I say, well, as far as our weather, do you ever get snow? Do you ever get winter? I said, yeah, but it's usually gone by noon. Amen. <laughs> so uh, we, 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 we have three seasons here. And I, I tell them, I say, we have fall and spring and murder. So murder will be here pretty soon, friends. Let's enjoy our spring. Say it's only February. I know. Amen. But I got out of my truck today and had pollen already on my hood. Amen. Praise the Lord. I want to, uh, before I get to preaching, I just wanted to get my text read and let you be seated and kind of wait for everyone to get settled, our musicians and, and worship team to come back around and be settled. Um, got a couple of prayer needs that I want to pray over this morning, and uh, we want to pray over... God's, uh, God's blessing that he promised. You know, he promised that reading the word, there's a blessing. And so I've, I'm already blessed. And if you read it with me, you're already blessed. You say, man, I should have read along. Well, if you heard it read, you're blessed. Amen. Blessed is he that readeth and they that hear the words of the prophecy. But now catch it and keep those things which are written therein for the time is at hand. I'm interested. I don't just really want God's blessing. I, I want his life. You know, I heard a man say one time when you, his brother, uh, brother Nikolai Stepanenko, gone, to be on, gone on to be with the Lord now, and he said, and we were driving by a graveyard. Oh, we were in, uh, in Lithuania. Um, we might have been in the Ukraine. I can't remember. We might have been in Russia for all I know. I don't really remember where we were. Somewhere in those Slavic countries or one of those Baltic states. And we were driving by a, a cemetery, large cemetery. And it was so large and imposing, it, it caught my eye. And I turned my head and I looked. And he said, he saw me. You know, Brother Nikolai, you remember crusty old brother? <laughs> Amen. And he said something in Russian. And I, and I looked at the translator and, and he said, Brother Nikolai said, those people don't need your help. And I said, okay, what do they need? And he said, they need life. You drive by a graveyard, they don't need your help. They need life. I'm not here today to say, brother, help me. I, the best way I can help you is to lead you to life. Amen. There, you know, I've said it before that the life here with all of its trials and heartaches and then you live and you strive and you struggle. And even if you make the grade, as Brother Ernie used to say, even if you win the rat race, you're still a rat. 
And then the whole thing comes down and finally you grow old and rusty and die. And that's it and you're done. I mean, you know, remember, you remember when I put the blocks of weeks up here to show you. I mean, your whole life, if you base your whole life on the promise 70. Now, we, we've got some in here who have exceeded 70 and some we've known have never made it to 70. Some, Brother Branham said, many a 16-year-old never saw their 17th birthday. But if we use the promise, the promised years of 70, I mean, listen up, young people. That's only 3,600 weeks, and you're done. And weeks go by like that. I mean, you're sitting here right now going, goodness gracious, it was just last week and the week before, and it seemed like, yeah, weeks go by like, no wonder, I mean, that 3,652 weeks is 70 years. You got 36, a little over 3,600 weeks on average to live out your life and to count for something in the kingdom. No wonder Brother Brandon would say, now is the only opportunity you will ever have to live and lay up treasure for that life coming. And I promise you, your 3,600 weeks go by faster than you imagine they will. Amen. But... But I, I, I want to I take these prayer requests. I had a couple that I wanted to pray over. And one of them is, uh, is my nephew, Samuel. Poor guy. He's uh, got a tooth that he's going to have to have taken out. But he's got to have it done through a surgery procedure. And uh, he doesn't handle surgery so well. Sister Lisa's quite concerned. So we're going to offer prayer for Samuel. And he's actually having it tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. Will you remember to pray for our brother? Amen. Put a little note somewhere. Tell Siri or Brother Google to remind you in the morning at 7 to pray for Samuel. Sister Judy Dyer, Dan and Judy Dyer, many of you know. Uh, Sister Judy is near her home going time and is suffering from the rapid onset of dementia. It's the fast-moving kind, and they, they think maybe she may only have weeks to to live, but she's a Christian. Amen. Wow. I'm going to tell you what, 3,600 weeks or 600, what does it matter as long as I'm a Christian? You know, as I was in the middle of saying that this life is filled with so much anxiety and trouble that, I mean, if you don't get to live forever, what's the point? I mean, come on, get eternal life. It's the one thing that makes this struggle worth it. As Brother J.D. was preaching this morning, we're looking for a place with no struggles, friends. Amen. And we have several traveling on the road um, away. Brother Brad is ministering over in Green Pond today and want to be praying for Brother Lee in that assembly. Amen. I'm scheduled to preach there myself on the last Wednesday of this month. Um, I want to ask for your prayers also. Sister Debbie and I will be traveling to Phoenix, Arizona for next weekend. We'll be there with Brother Aaron McGeary, he and Sister Elizabeth were going to have a weekend of services, including a, a marriage banquet on the Saturday night. So be praying for that. Brother Matt will be at the same time ministering for Brother Eugene uh, in Edmonton. So if he's going up there to be with Eugene, y'all go into fasting and prayer for Brother Matt. Amen. Praise the Lord. Brother J.D. will be covering base here at home for us. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's stand back to, your, to our feet as we ask the Lord's blessing on uh, on these needs. Father, we thank you this morning for your great kindness to us. We thank you for the reading of your word. Lord, we know there's a blessing in reading it. We know there's a blessing in hearing it read. 
And now, Lord, we want to turn our minds and turn our attention to what it is you have for us today. We are committing ourselves now. We're pushing out all the thoughts of yesterday and the, 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 the pressures we, we already know about for tomorrow. And Father, I pray right now, if you'll just give us a little oasis, as it were, in our minds and our hearts to be able to just let everything go, step off, step out of the rat race of life and just calm our spirits, open our hearts and our minds to hear your word. Lord, we're asking prayer for Sister Dyer, Lord, uh, and I pray that you'll be particularly merciful to her, Lord, at her home-going time. It's, a, it's sad, but it's also a wonderful time, Lord, for a believer. No wonder you said that precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints, because you know what that means, Lord. You know the life that they're getting to go to, Lord, and they'll never have to struggle anymore. Lord, all the toils of life will be over. My, what a, what a day, Lord. We look for it on that great morning when we can all go home together, gather around Father's throne, be there, Lord, for all eternity. Amen. No more crying, sighing, or sorrow, Father. Now, I ask, Lord God, for Brother Samuel, Lord, that you'll be with him, his procedure tomorrow morning. May it just go flawlessly, Lord. May you bless the team, the medical team. Lord, be with his own nerves. Uh, my sister, be with her nerves and her spirit, Lord, and may there just be complete trust in you. We commit it to you now. Now, help me, Lord, as I try to deliver this word to the people today. We commit it to you in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Last night, uh, Uriah and I were talking. He's in from school for the weekend, Get, gets to be with us today, so happy to have him here. We, were, we struck up a conversation between himself, his dad, and myself, and on the use of the word ironic, or which is, which is uh, that's an adjective of the noun irony, and so irony refers to a situation or statement that is opposite or different from what is expected or intended. I want to say that again. Irony refers to a situation or statement that is opposite or different from what is expected or, or intended. And a lot of times people are shall I say, mystified, even at times offended at God for the way he moves in their lives, Amen. the way he deals with us, the, the things that he allows. And a lot of times, I remember one time some years ago, and I made a statement and we were uh, speaking to a senior minister, much senior to me, this was some years back, and, um, and I said, you know, it's sometimes it surprises me that God will do certain things. And he says to me, and I thought it was such wisdom, I learned a quick lesson, never forgot it. He said, remember, Brother Jason, sometimes it's better not to say God did it, but to say God permitted it. God allowed it to happen. But Brother Branham said that the love of God is made known to us and made clear and made plain in election that he elected us. Amen. He said, sometimes he may, he may commit you to suffering 
as he did Paul. Amen? He, or, or death, I mean. He said he may, he may commit you to suffering as he did Job. Or he may commit you to death as he did Paul. But he says, but nonetheless, his, his love is proven to us in that before the foundation of the world, he elected us in the elected son in Christ Jesus. And that means, friends, that no matter what you would ever face, what you would ever lose on this side, um, you've got a, your future's bright. Amen. And so we were reading in our text, and I, I stopped to hesitate on it there in verse 5. Every valley shall be filled, and every mountain and high hill shall be brought low, and the crooked shall be made straight, and the rough ways shall be made smooth, and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. Uh, it's amazing because, you know, ironically, uh, none of that happened like the people thought. They, and Brother Branham deals with that. Now, I don't want you to forget this morning that my subtitle is Starting and Finishing with Fire. I remember back in the day, Brother Henry Green, an old veteran of the Lord, it was a hero of mine when I was growing up, he always used to say, referring to the upper room, that what we call the day of Pentecost, and he said, he, he said, God, he said, Christ in the upper room, he started his church like he wanted it. And now he wants it like he started it. Amen? He started his church like he wanted it. And now he wants it like he started it. This is exactly why we have received a message of restoration. We've been restored back to. Now, ironically... The message of restoration was not what the denominations of the last day were expecting it to be. Amen. They were expecting it to just be the, the excesses and demonstration of supernatural power. And Brother Branham said, everybody wants power. And he says, but really, they don't really know what real power is. Amen. He said, you know, he says, Real power is not, you know, how much noise you can make or how much dust you can kick up. And I'm paraphrasing the quote. I don't have it in front of me. He said, but the real battle is to conquer yourself. And he said, to, to be able to surrender yourself to God and let the Lord have control of your life and bring out of you what he put in you to be brought out. Now, it's not as if you're not already in a bad enough situation, given that you were born in sin, given that you might have had things happen to you when you were a child, given that you might have come up in a culture and had the wrong kind of friends and put all kinds of influences and scars in your life, given that you maybe didn't make all the good choices even when you knew better. And given that you finally arrive, I'm here to tell you, by the time Jesus tracks you down, knocks you down, and picks you back up, you're a mess. You're broken, you're contaminated, you're scarred, you're wounded, you've got haunts, you've got uh, bruises in your spirit, you've got, you're filled with complexes. 
I don't get offended. Brother Branham said we all got complexes. And that comes through to us. Some of it comes through heredity. Brother Branham meets people in the line, says you're always worrying about things. Your grandmother was like that. It comes to a man, sir, you're always crossing bridges before you get to them. And, and when you finally get to them, you realize it wasn't near as bad as you thought it would be. Amen. See, but he said, but he put that into the grab bag of life, what he called. And so, and then, you know, you might have had uh, poor leadership as a child, poor leadership in a church, poor leadership somewhere. And, and, and you come to the Lord and, I mean, you, you've, listen, it's already bad enough without you now still running interference on the Lord, not letting him, after your new birth, bring you to, to the fullness, the fruition of the vision he had for you. Amen. You say, well, it's too late on some of these areas. There's no way, there's things in my life unrecoverable. You might have situations that are unrecoverable. That's true. I mean, sometimes we get ourselves into situations of life and there's no way to undo it in this life. I'm glad that all wrongs here will be made right there. Hallelujah. And so, so we find that, you know, he, sometimes we can, we can despair and say, oh, would to God that I could have been this and done that and if I hadn't have made this and Brother Branham talks about Moses in the very same situation, 80 year old man and 40 years in Egypt learning the ways of the Egyptians and God said then it took God 40 years in the desert to beat it out of him and when he comes ready to finally use him as far as God is concerned, he's finally got him ready. As far as Moses is concerned, Brother Branham said that he stood there one day and he thought about his life in Egypt and what a waste and what a, a train wreck it had been. And he thought about now 40 years in the wilderness and he's just basically herding sheep who aren't even his. They belong to his daddy-in-law. And, you know, and, he, and Brother Branham says that, you know, and I'm so glad a prophet could look into the heart of another prophet and say, you know, Moses stood there thinking, but I've ruined it and I've, I've made a mess of it and it's too late for me now. He was just getting ready to start. And he's standing there thinking, it's too late for me now. And Brother Branham said the great crystal tears begin to roll down his beard and then he heard the sound of a crackling flame. Oh, friends, I want to tell you today that Jesus promised that, that not only would he lose no body whose names were in the Lamb's book of life, but he doesn't lose anything about you. Whatever he ordained you to be and whatever he placed in you, I don't care what you've done, what Satan has done, what your parents, preachers, whoever did what to you, I'm here to tell you this message has come to give it back and to build you back. And I don't care if you've got one year or 10 years or however long the Lord has, you can run for the kingdom of God and everything you do counts times 100. So, so the devil can't win for losing. Poor guy. <laughs> he could actually win if he wasn't always losing. So I want to say this to you today that, that I want to pre present a thought to you today that let us not imagine that 
We're just being restored back to an upper room experience. We're being restored to a Garden of Eden. We're being restored back to when sons of God, when morning stars sang together. We're being restored back to when sons and daughters in the family of God shouted for joy. We're being restored back to when we stood before the Father's throne and all was well throughout the kingdom of Christ. I'm here to tell you something, friends. Don't let the devil make you feel hopeless. He ain't nobody. He ain't never been nobody. He's just an adversary that God built to help keep you in line. Death is, I'm not the slave of death. Brother Brandon said, death is my slave. It is commanded to do one thing, and that is to take me into the presence of God. So we are, we're not limited to the New Testament church that he started in the upper room. However, that is where you need to begin your journey home. Don't have, Brother Branham taught us that that, that church at Jerusalem, that upper room experience set the pattern for the church in every age. Amen. All right? But I want to say to you today that we're not limited uh, to the New Testament church. He started in the upper room. But, we, but what you are entitled to is to go back to the church that he began in John 1.1. 1, 1. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God and the word was God and the same was with God in the beginning. All things were made by him. See? So when he said, as Brother Branham taught us, when he said in Genesis, let us make man, Brother Branham is very clear that when he said, let us make man, he made up his entire family in his mind right then. Now, they weren't expressed yet. And Brother Branham did not believe in the preexistence of souls, manifested, expressed souls. Says you were in the attributes of your father God. You were there. So he said, but he... You weren't expressed, so he had never gotten to fellowship with you. Just like, and he, he brings it down to the lower image of a husband and wife bringing forth a child. So I, I was in my father, but he couldn't fellowship with, with me until through the bedding ground of my mother, I was expressed and I came from the loins of my father and then he could fellowship me, amen? And so that's why you're here. That's why you have life is because God desired your fellowship. Amen. Own it. Rejoice in it. Smack the devil with it. God brought you here so he could have fellowship with you. So we're talking about how that he says, let us make man. He makes up his entire family in his mind. So he would bring them forth just as he brought forth his first member of his church. His first member of his church was Christ, see? And so then after Christ, each child in Christ comes forth in the order that he is ordained. Or as Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15, but every man in his own order. Christ the first fruits afterward, afterward. So there's an afterward of Christ. Afterward, they that are Christ's at his coming. Are you Christ's? Are you looking for his coming? 
then you're read here in the scriptures. Your life is hid in Christ, is hid in God through Christ. Friends, there's not enough devils in hell to change that and even you can't change that. So we can see that 1 Corinthians 15, how he is is, uh, speaking of the new heavens and the new earth. Brother Jason was uh, teaching on it so eloquently this morning. And we find that in the new heavens and the new earth and and, and this is going to be the, the finishing uh, of God, you know, operating in, a, in, a, in the limitations of, a, of an office. You know, he was, he was in the fatherhood above us. And while he was in the father, he said, God limited only in this sense. Don't, don't throw something at me. Hear me out. When he's in the fatherhood, he can't do the work that he's going to do in flesh as a son. In the fatherhood, he can't do that. You, you, right? See? And that's why even David couldn't build the house because David had been a bloody man and David couldn't build it. And we didn't know why in Kings because uh, uh, Samuel didn't tell us why David wasn't allowed to build it. But and when Ezra pens the Chronicles, he tells us that God said, you can't do it, David, because you've been a bloody man. You've killed a lot of people. Your sword is dripping with blood. See, and, but, you're, but I'll raise up your son. And he it is, and I'll call his name peace, Solomon, meaning peace, because Solomon is a a type of Christ, see, because he's the son of David. That's what Jesus was. He was the son of David. But in the fatherhood, David desired fellowship with God, but in the fatherhood, because God desired fellowship with you. David said, I live in a house of cedar, and he lives in a tent, and he was, it was God moving through the heart of David, expressing God wanted to have it back, that fellowship that he had lost with his family in the Garden of Eden, and God wanted it back. I'm here to tell you, I know you were born in sin, but God wanted you back. Amen. Hallelujah, and I know what the devil has done to many of our lives, but I'm here to tell you, God wants you back. And the devil is not going to be able to hold you. He's not going to be able to hold your children. He wants you back. He wants them back. He wants his entire family back. And he's going to have it. See, you say, well, that's going to be bad news if the devil gets in the way. Well, it's bad news if you get in the way. Because he loves you too much to let you get in the way. And getting you out of the way can be painful. Hear me, teenagers, getting you out of the way can be painful to you. But he will do whatever is painfully necessary. He will not be defeated. So, so but David couldn't do it because he had been a, 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 a man of judgment, a man of, of death, and, and had spilled much blood. Well, that's God was speaking of himself. Just like you remember when he said to he says to Moses, I can't, I can't, Moses, I can't go down and, and dwell in the midst of these stiff-necked, rebellious people. I'll kill everybody. Yeah. And he said, I can't do that. I can't go with you into the midst of the people. Well, Lord, what will you do? I will send forth my angel, and he will go with you. See, because now that's the angel of the Lord's presence. That's the angel of the covenant, and that's Christ, and that's a ministry of atonement. So now he can go in the midst of the people and dwell at the tabernacle. Now, if they, if, they, if they try to misuse his word, even he will slaughter them. Even though he's full of mercy and holds mercy, yet he will not pardon transgressions. 
In other words, he might forgive you, but he's not going to let you get by with it. Remember he said to David, he said, as far as your sin with Bathsheba and what you did against Uriah, uh, as far as that sin, God hath put it away. However, the sword will never leave your house. And it didn't, and David suffered under that. So you understand that it had, it couldn't, David couldn't build it because David had been that. David had been a man of war. God had been a man of war. David had killed a lot of people. God had killed a lot of people. And so God wanting to be in the position of fellowship, he couldn't do that because the, the Lamb of God hadn't even been offered and he would have to destroy his own family. So he says, David, you're like me. You're the father. You can't do it. But like me, I'll raise up your son and I'll call his name Peace and he shall build the house of the Lord. And Solomon did. Built the tabernacle of the Lord's dwelling place. So... So we realize then that he, his coming, as, as Paul speaks of in 1 Corinthians, about the coming of the Lord and the surrendering up of the kingdom and how that God is no longer going to be operating in the limitations of office. The Bible in, in Revelation 22 says, for the first and only time, God himself shall dwell among his people. See, so the kingdom is surrendered. The son surrenders to the father that God may be all in all. I'm not teaching on that today. Uh, Keep getting pulled into it. Amen. Probably because Jason had my appetite so wetted with with his Sunday school lesson this morning. But but we realize that here's the point. His coming, which we all long for. His coming brings things finally, finally At last, back to eternity. At last, after it's all said and done, we come back to eternity. At last, friends, you'll finally be able to rest and lean in on the bosom of Jehovah. You'll have all will be peace forevermore on that happy golden shore. Everything you've ever lost, every sorrow you've ever had, the Lord will see it restored there. Because this will be fulfilling him as a redeemer. Verse 1 Corinthians 15 sees him fulfilled as a redeemer and a savior. Of course, along with the other seven compound redemptive names that he moved under. Jehovah, Nissian, Rapha, and Rea, and Shalom, and Sitkanu, and, and all of these various names. He's, he's Rapha, he's your healer, he's your buckler, he's your captain, he's your provider, he's all of these things. He's present with you. And so, so then we see that this is all fulfilled. So then, then you come to Solomon from 1 Kings 10.27, uh, where we read in our text. You, you can put it back up again if you like, Brother Mark. 1 Kings 10.27, we read this in our, in our text. And the king made silver, this is Solomon, to be in Jerusalem as stones and cedars made he to be as the sycamore trees that are in the vale for abundance. To realize something that, that you remember when Brother um, Ronnie was preaching here Wednesday about rooting, rooting in the ground like R-O-O-T, rooting, not rah, rah, rah rooting, but God roots around in our lives rooting for the rapture. He does that to get you ready because he doesn't save you at an altar 
and say, okay, you're saved, see you in heaven. That's not how it works. He, he loves you far too much to leave you like he found you. And so the word of God confronts you and it roots around in your life and it gets up in your business and it, and it directs your life and tells you what you should and shouldn't do. And the majority of humanity don't like that, don't want that, and won't have that. Remember, they wrote a letter back and said, we will, they sent a letter after their master saying, we will not have this man to rule over us. And he come back and said, fine. Then he annihilated them. That's why when the, when the king sent out an invitation to a supper, and they made this excuse. Oh, I bought a yoke of ox and I can't come. Pray have me excused. I bought a piece of land. I go to prove it. I've got too much business going on. I've married a wife. I've got, I'm in school. I got this. I got a career. I got, I got to worry about this. Pray, uh, pr- please have me excused from the Lord's Supper. And, and, and the table wasn't filled. And he said, go into the hedges and the highways and compel them to come for I say to you that not any of those people who are invited shall ever taste of my supper they had their day of visitation and they were too busy hear me they were too busy with life and stuff to respond to the invitation of the Lord to come to the feast so we realize then that that 1 Corinthians 15, he finally brings things back to eternity again. The, the usefulness of that little hickey of time. Remember Brother Branham drew the circle and down at the bottom he had a little, like a little drop down, a little loop down and it looped down into time and then come back up into the ring of eternity. And Brother Branham says, my wife Mita she looked at it and said, it looks like a, a little hickey's on it. You know, a, a light, almost like a, a skin tag on a, perfectly, on a perfect circle of eternity. And Brother Branham said, that's that little loop down of time for him to come and redeem his family. I want to tell you something, friends. Uh, uh, the, the, the history of mankind on the earth has been, has been just a blink. It's, I mean, God spent eons and and. Perhaps Brother Ram said millions and billions and trillions of years just creating the universe. See? So he he didn't argue with science. Science says, oh, the universe is far older. Uh, The earth is far older than 6,000 years old. And Brother Ram says, sure, fine. Oh, you mean you're a preacher and you believe that? Well, the Bible doesn't tell us how, how long he took to build the heavens and the earth. It just tells us that he did. In the beginning, he created the heavens and the earth. And there's a period there. That's it. He doesn't explain now, he took so much time building it and turning it and, and gardening it and creating a garden and putting man on it, and then he fell, and then the plan of redemption, and then Jesus comes, and then the New Testament church and the Holy Ghost, and then the bride is wound up, and then the tribulation, and then the millennium comes, and then at the end of that, the earth is purged back. The whole thing goes back to eternity. See? And, so, and, and, I, and I just took probably less than 20 seconds and explained 6,000 years to you. That's all it took because you're well taught. You understand. And so in the new heavens and the new earth, then that little hickey of time is over. It's not over in the millennium. We're still in time there because the earth hasn't had its baptism of fire yet. So this fulfills him as a redeemer, as a savior, as I said. And so when, when Solomon is going to build his, te- his, t- his tabernacle, and David has assembled the parts because that's what God did. He assembled all the parts, Amen. see? And, but Solomon, the son of David, is the one who's actually gonna construct it. 
And we, we find that he, he, he writes to uh, the king of Tyre to Hiram. And he says, now, just as you were pals with my dad and you, you, you guys were tight and you know what he wanted, you wanted, and y'all worked really good together. My dad has asked me to, has left it to me to build a, t- a tabernacle unto God. But I, I, I don't really have everything I need, so I need you to be kind to me like you were to my dad, David, and send me forth. And one of the things that I asked for, and I, years ago I preached a sermon, send me therefore a man, because it had to be a man skilled. See, because the tabernacle in the wilderness is a type of you. Because you are the dwelling place. In the millennium, you're the dwelling place of the presence of God. Amen? And so, so we find, and then in the new heavens and the new earth, God himself shall dwell. He can't dwell on the earth in the millennium because it hasn't been purged yet. You understand, the devil's still alive. And so his dwelling place in the millennium is in you. And Jesus is there with you. Oh, friends, what a day that's gonna be. So we find that, and I'm trying to keep all of this straight so I don't confuse you. So we find that, that this tabernacle, you know, there, there, there's, just, there's just all these parts. And, you know, I got all these things that God put in my life. But how do I put them together? And I got this problem and I got that problem. And how do I, this tabernacle has got to be great. I, I, I need to... I need to build a tabernacle that God can dwell in. But my problem is I was born in sin. My problem is I had this problem and that problem and this problem and that problem. I got this complex and that complex. I'm a wreck. I'm a mess. Send me there for a man. Somebody who can come down. Somebody who knows me. Somebody who understands all of my weaknesses. Somebody who can put it all back together again. Somebody who can build me a man, cunning, who can build my life to be a dwelling place of the Lord God. And he said, and, and the king of Hiram is a Gentile. So you can see the types there. I don't want to get preaching that sermon. But the, but the one thing that he asked Hiram for was some trees. And the first on the list, the primary tree that he needed was cedars of Lebanon. Amen. See? And so, so now, when you, now when you come to 1 Kings 10, this is the time when the queen of Sheba has come. And she didn't believe the report. She confessed it openly. Of course, she, how was she going to do? You couldn't deny it in Solomon because he, he, he knew the thoughts of your heart. And she said, when I heard the report, I didn't believe it. She said, but now mine eyes have seen it. And she brought him all kinds of treasures and silver and gold and abundance and spices. And the Bible says, never been spices like that in Israel from before, then, or since. And, and, and friends, that's you. You understand, that's you bringing your life to Christ. Hallelujah. You're, and, what, and then what did Solomon do? Solomon turned around and he, he made shields and he made cups and he, made, he improved the palace and he took cedars and he improved the temple and he, he outfitted everybody. Solomon, Solomon used the gifts of Sheba 
to build up the kingdom. It's not like a, a fallen man in this day where he gets all kinds of power, but he has no character and he becomes a despot and he becomes a tyrant. I'm here to tell you that if you dedicate your life to Christ and bring him your offering, he won't betray you. He's gonna build a glorious kingdom full of his people. He won't waste it. He won't, he won't be underhanded. He won't be sneaky. He's going to build a beautiful world and you're going to be a part of it. Oh, I wanted to preach on that today so bad. But, he, but, but, but we find that, that the analogy here is, is that he takes, he, that, that, that during Solomon, the blessing of Solomon on Israel, that literally all the stones are replaced with silver. And all of the sycamore trees, which are so abundant. See, when you were born in sin, you had sin so abundant. You had so many abundant. Remember, Brother Ronnie said that sycamore tree was so bitter. There's so much bitterness. There's so much disappointment. There's so much wreckage. There's so much, you say, my goodness, why did I have to be built like this? I've got every weakness. What, why did God, it looked like he poured the whole weakness tub on me and everybody else seems to get scot-free. That's not true. I promise you, we all got them. Come on, let, let the man beside you see. We all got them. We came into the land this way. But the, but the blessing of Solomon is he's, he's now taking out those sycamores, taking out that bitterness, taking out those faults, taking out those stones, taking out those worthless things, and he's building you of silver, and he's building you of cedar. Hallelujah. And cedar was the main product that he used to build the tabernacle with. Because wood represents humanity. That's why the Ark of the Covenant was made of wood overlaid with gold because gold represents deity. And you are humanity overlaid with deity. Hallelujah. You with me? Wow, that clock is my enemy. I already feel like I've got started. <clears throat> Bear with me for another 20 minutes, will you? So this is, I don't want you to forget that. Amen. This is what the son of David is doing in your life. He's rooting out the things of no value and he's seeking to build you up with the things of value. You get that? So I'm sorry that you had to go through a heartache, but it's for your good. I'm sorry you suffered that disappointment, but he knows what he's doing. Oh, just surrender yourself to this master builder. Just surrender your whole life. It doesn't matter. Say, Lord, just take my whole life. My house is my land, my dreams, my plans. I'm placing my whole life in your hands. See? So we come back then to this discussion again about what is irony and the whole discussion came up because Uriah was pointing out to us that irony is often misused and not used in its correct connotation. It's a very common mistake to make and it's because people don't understand the various types of irony or really what it means. 
But again, it refers to a situation. This is situational irony. It refers to a situation or a statement that is opposite or different from what is expected or intended. See? And so, I, 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 there, there's a lot of people who are going to have broken expectations and have their intentions torn down. You say, wow, this is going to be sad. No, it's the most glorious thing because your expectations of you thinking of yourself as a failure is not going to stand. He's going to make you an overcomer. And I can promise you that the devil had all these plans and intentions for you. It ain't happening. There's somebody overruling the whole package. There's somebody saying, uh-uh, that's not my child. Oh, Satan, you can do with your own whatever you wish, but this is mine. And you're gonna, I'm going to keep you on a leash, and I'm going to let you do just enough to keep them in line. But at the end of it, I'm going to bring them home, and I'm going to destroy you, and, and we're going to get on with eternity again. So, so ironically, I'm going in the rapture. So why is it ironic? Because the devil doesn't think I will. It's not what he expects. And a lot of times, it's not what I expect, but I'm going. Hallelujah. Just like when Joseph come to his brothers and they, and Joseph, and they had did such her- terrible things and they had did them for real. That wasn't metaphorically bad things. They really did them for real. And Joseph actually discerning their heart said, you actually meant it for evil. Yep. Yep. No joke. You actually meant it for evil. However, there was a power over the top of it all who meant it for good and allowed it to happen. Oh, friends, we could almost go home right now just rejoicing. God is the overseer of your life. Hallelujah. You believe that? Do you accept his majesty? Do you accept his majesty, the king, to be the sovereign of your life? See, so, so they thought there in our text, they thought all the mountains would go down and uh, the low places would be brought up and every low place would be lifted up and the, all of this would happen. Brother Branham says in my new ministry in 1959, he says, how many times we look at men who climb up in great ranks like and, and get high names. I was telling you earlier without reading the quote, so I got away from it because I didn't have it in front of me. Where Brother Ram said, people want power, they don't understand what it is. He said, it's really conquering yourself. He said, see, when you can learn, the way up is down. And the the way to success is humility. And letting God lead your life. He says, then you've got more power than the man that runs all over the building and makes a big lot of noise. He said, because you've learned to conquer yourself. So he says, how many times we look at men who climb up in great ranks like and get high names? But sometimes that's not what God calls high. See, now you remember Luke 3 and 5. They thought it would be this. They thought it would be that. But it was going to be a big dose of irony. Wasn't gonna be what they, it was going to happen, but not like they expected what they intended for it to be, remember Brother Branham said they intended to have a general to come in there and wipe out the Romans. Yeah? 
and said, and God humiliated. And he said, what? He said he, God sent him what they actually needed. He sent him a baby. So he says, sometimes what men call high, but that's not what God calls high. Do you remember when John came preaching? The Bible foretold that every mountain would be brought low and every low place would be lifted up. See? And when it come, ironically, that's me. Ironically, I'm adding that. You, back to the quote. And when it come, you would think it would be coming out of heaven with fiery chariots. Goodness gracious. The mountains are going to be made low and the low places made high and the crooked places all fixed and straightened in a moment. And the whole world's going to know God. Yeah, you'd think that, Brother Branham says, you would think that it would be coming out of heaven with fiery chariots. But what was it? A poor man dressed in a piece of sheepskin wrapped around him. You're talking about irony. And out on the banks of the Jordan preaching on the muddy banks, not even in a church. <laughs> Amen, right? <laughs> so I'm preaching to you today part three of the start of fire. And my subtopic, as I keep saying, is starting and finishing with fire. Brother Branham says in, in concerning the Holy Ghost and fire, remember we read it in our text. He said, you, he shall come, his fan is in his hand, and he shall thoroughly purge, and he will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Amen? All right. You got that image? <clears throat> Resurrection of Lazarus, 1951. And I can hear him look around and say, there was nothing nowhere just vastness of space, this is God. This is John 1 and 1. In the beginning was the Word. And I can hear him look around and say there was nothing, nowhere, just vastness of space. The Father covered all that space. And then this God become <laughs> bodilized. <laughs> Bodilized. Microsoft Word hates that word. And it keeps trying to make me change it. But this version of the word loved it. So I'm going to read from this word, but just remember we're leaning on this word. And then this God become bodilized down to the Logos. I can hear him say, let there be light and an atom bursted yonder. See? And the sun come into existence, deity. All right, I just want to say, you're all already aware that when an atom is bursted, and by the way, Microsoft Word hates that word too, bursted. When an atom is bursted, you get a fire that's the temperature of the sun and a shock wave that produces a rushing mighty wind. Amen. 1953, questions and answers on Genesis. Now in St. John 1, he said, in the beginning was the word. And the first, and the word was God, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. God, now catch this hillbilly language, God unfolding himself down to. God unfolding himself down to a human being. Now when he did that, he's not diminished. Just like when he divided himself in the upper room, he didn't get diminished. He didn't like lose a part of himself. All he did was multiply himself into his church. See? So that's why you're the, Christ is the 
first of the new creation. You're the continuation of that same creation. See, So, all right. So he says, God unfolding himself down to a human being. Now watch what he did. And I can hear him say, let there be light. And when he did, an atom bursted and the sun came into existence. She whirled for hundreds of millions of years, forming clinkers and burning and forming like it is today, still burning, still breaking atoms. If the, now watch him attach it to the atomic bomb. If the atomic bomb would ever get let loose, the atomic chain would take this earth, would be like the sun yonder. See, they, science knows that, that if they explode too many of them in the right in the right uh, synchronization in the right places, it'll catch the atmospheres on fire and, and, and set off a chain reaction. And I have a feeling Armageddon's going to be just that. See, So he says, the atomic chain would, be, would take this earth, would be like the sun yonder, just bursting and blowing. If you could stand over on another continent and look off at this, it would look like another sun where the atoms was burning this earth. If the chain would ever get loose, and it just start turning, whirling like that. Millions and millions of miles reach these big flames of billions of Fahrenheit of heat. So he began. That's why I, 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 I'm, I'm taking this subtitle today. He began and he's finishing with fire. Because he began with fire when an atom bursted. And then he became in John 1 a pillar of fire. Amen? He burned Sodom and Gomorrah with fire. That science, you heard Brother Matt's uh, exposition on that. Science has recently identified that Sodom and Gomorrah suffered a heat event equal to a nuclear detonation. God dropped a nuke on them. And they found the pottery glazed over from a heat event. So he begins with fire. He bursts an atom. He became a pillar of fire. He burned Sodom and Gomorrah with fire. He met Moses in a bush on fire. When he descended on the mountaintop, the whole top of the mountain was on fire. My God himself is an all-consuming fire. In the exodus from Egypt, Moses commanded the children of Israel to slay a lamb and put the blood over the door and the lamb was to be roasted by fire. It could not be eaten raw. It could not be boiled in water. They even burned the leftovers. This, of course, you know, when you look at the whole burnt offering, it's symbolic. It's a symbolic act of consecration and dedication to the Lord. You're to be a whole burnt offering. Amen. Amen. Leviticus 6, uh, Brother Mark, Leviticus 6, 12 to 13. Now these are the priest's instructions for the, for the fire in the tabernacle. And the fire, Leviticus 6, 12, and the fire upon the altar shall be burning in it. It shall not be put out. And the priest shall burn wood on it every morning and lay the burnt offering in order upon it, and he shall burn thereon the fat of the peace offerings. Verse 13, the fire shall ever be burning upon the altar. It shall never go out. Leviticus 16, 
Verse 11 through 14. And Aaron shall bring the bullock of the sin offering, which is for himself, and shall make an atonement for himself and for his house, and shall kill the bullock of the sin offering, which is for himself, and he shall take a censer full of the burning coals of fire from off the altar before the Lord and his hands full of sweet incense beaten small and bring it within the veil. This is in the Shekinah. And he shall put the incense upon the fire before the Lord that the cloud of the incense may cover the mercy seat that is upon the testimony that he die not. And he shall take the blood of the bullock and sprinkle it with his finger upon the mercy seat eastward And before the mercy seat shall he sprinkle the blood with his finger seven times. Brother Branham breaks all that down. I'm not teaching on it today. Verse 27. Verse 27. And the bullock for the sin offering. And the goat for the sin offering. Whose blood was brought in to make atonement in the holy place. Shall one carry forth without the camp. And they shall burn in the fire their skins and their flesh and their dung. He started with fire. He has maintained fire. And he's going to finish with fire. He's restoring you with fire. It was Elijah who called down fire on Mount Carmel to to consume the offering. It vaporized the water, the rocks, and even consumed the dust and the residue. Later, the same Elijah called down that same fire on his enemies, eliminating them in a moment. And then when it was all said and done, Elijah went home in a chariot of fire. See, the three Hebrew children met the fourth man in the fire. Four has been the number of deliverance to this day. Brother Branham teaching in Revelation chapter 4, number 3, 1961, and 4 is the number of earth. See, deliverance. There was three Hebrew children in the fire furnace, but the fourth one come. It was deliverance. Lazarus was in the grave three days, but when the fourth one come, he was delivered. Luke 12, 35 says, let your loins be girt about and your lights burning. John 5, 35 He was a burning and a shining light. And you were willing for a season to rejoice in his lights. His servants in Revelation 4, 5 are called burning lamps. Out of the throne proceeded lightnings and thunderings and voices. And there were seven lamps of fire burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. Revelation 18, 8. Therefore shall her plagues come in one day death and mourning and famine and she shall be utterly burned with fire for strong is is the Lord God who judgeth her. I'm here to tell you something, friends. You are baptized (coughs) into the body of Christ by Holy Ghost and fire. He divided himself into licks of fire and moved upon the people in the upper room. He descended in Revelation 10 and his feet were like pillars of fire as if they burned in an oven. And, 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 I, and, and, and chronologically, I skipped Abraham because Abraham's fire event, I skipped it on purpose so I could connect it to our new birth 
because the original plan for the upper room to be fire was always the baptism of the Holy Ghost was always going to be fire. Brother Branham deals with that in the message from that time. And Brother Branham shows that when, when God made the covenant with Abraham, that he took animals and he divided them and he took birds and he didn't divide the birds because the dove represents divine healing and it's in the Old Testament and the New Testament so it wasn't divided but he divided the other animals and he stood between them and he fell into a deep sleep. The Bible says, Brother Branham breaks all this down in that message, you can go check it out. He says, at the time when the setting of the sun, in other words, when time shall be no more and when Abraham fell into a deep sleep, he said, we all fall into a deep sleep who don't go in a rapture. And he said, and then there was a, 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 a burning furnace a smoking furnace. And he said, representing hell because when you die, your destination is that burning furnace. Your destination, there's nothing you can do to avoid it. He said, but coming down against between all of that was a burning light. It was the pillar of fire and God was confirming the covenant. The upper room experience was always going to be fire. You're born he whose fan is in his hand will thoroughly purge and he will baptize you in the Holy Ghost and in fire. Oh, hallelujah. Ezekiel 1.13, as for the likeness of the living creatures, their appearance was like burning coals of fire and like the appearance of lamps. It went up and down among the living creatures and the fire was bright and out of the fire went forth lightning. Malachi 4.1 for behold, the day cometh that shall burn as an oven and all the proud, yea, and all that do wickedly shall be stubble and the day that cometh shall burn them up, saith the Lord of hosts, that it leave them neither root nor branch. The false prophet, death, hell, the grave, and all the ungodly are cast into the lake of fire. In Revelation 20, whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. The earth at the end of the millennium is cleansed by holy fire to have a new heavens and a new earth so that God himself can come down and live among us. Isaiah 4, 4 to 5. He says, when the Lord, when the Lord shall have washed away. You can pull this one up, Brother Mark. It's a little bit lengthy. Isaiah 4, 4 to 5. When the Lord shall have washed away the filth of the daughters of Zion and shall have purged the blood of Jerusalem from the midst thereof by the spirit of judgment and by the spirit of burning. And the Lord will create upon every dwelling place of Mount Zion and upon her assemblies a cloud and a smoke by day and the shining of a flaming fire by night for upon all the glory shall be a defense. For upon all the glory shall be a defense. And what more could I say today for time would fail to tell you further how that he is a consuming fire, how that he is the refiner's fire, how that he sends forth trials of fire. And in the time of Solomon, when he's building the temple, down came a fire and filled up the house so that none, they couldn't even carry out the duties. The priesthood couldn't even carry out their duties. 
Because why? The presence of God in those mortal bodies. Daniel fainted and passed out. Brother Branham passed out just looking at him in the eyes over in a field. He told Brother Biscoll, every time that pillar of fire comes, it's just like I could die. Isaiah and Isaiah 6, he felt so exposed. He felt undone. He felt helpless in the presence of he who was lifted high, whose train filled the temple, whose voice shook the post. Oh my, I'm undone. A woe is me, Isaiah said. I'm undone. I'm a man of unclean lips. I dwell among a people of unclean lips. And God sent forth a coal of fire from the altar of fire in the hand of an angel and it touched his lips and said now thy sin is purged and thine iniquity is taken away and then the voice of God said who shall go for us and Isaiah jumped to his feet send me send me I'm here to tell you we had no chance you were lost and undone but God sent an angel a messenger in this day and he had a burning he was a burning light and he had a coal and it touched your lips and you have fed on this word and what has it done it has taken away your sin it has purged you of your iniquity because when he purges Zion that's the bride the glory of the Lord shall be seen is that your desire today friends to say I want my life to be a, a burning flame of the glory of the Lord. Hallelujah, friends. That's what he's come to do. That's what's happened in our lives. See, now, that would be a perfect place to close. But you've heard me say, I always check with the Lord, and I'm forbidden to close yet. Okay? You trust me in that? You know, I've been doing that for years. Lord, can I close? Yes. And I'll even tell you, I got permission. I don't have it right now. A coal of fire. I need you for seven, eight, ten more minutes. You got me? A coal of fire came forth from the altar carried by an angel who stood before the throne. We read about him. Those, those living creatures, those cherubs, they stood before, they stood in his presence. See, they, they, they guarded the way in the tree of, in the, from the, for the tree of life in the Garden of Eden. And they ran Adam and Eve out. And the brother Adam says, now those same ones are running you back. See? So this coal of fire, it come, it touched his lips. It purged him of his sin. And he, you know, it doesn't even matter. Today, the world can resist Christ all they want. It's not going to stop his plan. They can deny his existence or admit his existence as a great man but deny his deity. And I think that's probably worse than the first one. They have all kinds of evil opinions about the word of God for this hour and about those who follow it. But I'm here to tell you that this fire on that day of judgment will consume all resistance. It will consume all resistance at the judgment and every knee will bow 
No matter what you think of Christ, every knee will bow. No matter you rage with unbelief, you rage with defiance, I'm here to tell you, let the heathen rage on that day. It will, that fire of God that's coming from his throne, that Isaiah saw, that John saw, it will consume all resistance and every knee will bow. Could I say to you today, and here comes the burden that the Lord only gave me this, this morning late as I was rushing to get to church. He wants to burn all of your resistance. I would say to you today in the name of the Lord, let him. He's rooting for the rapture. He's rooting. I know he's into your business. I know he's dealing with your life. I know you don't like it sometimes. It rubs you the wrong way. But I'm here to tell you something, friends. On that day, he'll consume all resistance. Why wait till then? Let it happen now. While there's mercy. There won't be any mercy then. Then you'll admit it, but it'll be too late. If there's one thing that God desires to consume in our lives, like he did for Elijah, he desires to consume your enemies. Now, before you go out picking the people you want him to consume, <laughs> I first need to advise you that we have seen the enemy and it is us. It's not, believe it or not, ironically, it's not your brother or your sister, but it's me, O oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. See, so you need to know how this works. God removes and destroys the enemy in your life, and when doing so, he aligns you with his purpose. In other words, friends, he doesn't do it just to do it. He doesn't do anything without a purpose and a reason. One of the biggest enemies God is seeking to devour is sin in your life. You understand? He didn't need to devour Elijah. Elijah was already following him so he could go ahead and consume his enemies. David was already following him, so he wiped out his enemies. But I'm here to tell you, I'm not need, I don't need God to go up the street and kill anybody on my behalf because I don't, I'm, my failures make me unworthy that anybody should suffer on my behalf. God forbid, goodness gracious, don't let anybody suffer on my account. I don't care how they treat me. I, I do not deserve that. Lord, have mercy on them. And let me have mercy on them. But his consuming, his consuming fire in this day, the biggest enemy is sin that is left ungiven to the Lord. And all, and all that is there for is Satan has put that in your life to delay, to affect, to try to destroy, to try to hinder every glorious thing that God has planned for you in your life. Sin invades your heart. It invades your mind. It wrecks God's plans. Don't let that happen. As Brother Donnie was preaching, Brother Ronnie was preaching Wednesday night, let, let the mind which was in Christ be in you. Let the word of God dwell in you richly. I'm here to tell you something, friends. This is the fire that God has for you and I in this day. This is what Solomon was trying to, this is what the blessing of Solomon, and I'm here to tell you, I've already said it, and I'm gonna close by saying it again and double down on it. I know you've been through trials. I know 
you've had heartaches. I know you've had disappointments. But Solomon was getting rid of the rocks. He was replacing it with silver. He was getting rid of the bitter sycamores. He was replacing it with cedar. I just say, Lord, drive out everything. Prophet said, however much you'll let go of the world and get it out of you, God Christ will come in and fill up that place. We're headed for a rapture, friends. It's time to let the world go. It's time to let the fire of the Holy Spirit consume our lives. Consume our lives. You believe that? Let's stand to our feet. You see why the Lord won't let me stop till I finish with that? Oh, bow your heads with me, friends. And I'm not finished with this thought, but I'm, I'm finished today. And I feel the approval of the Holy Spirit. Bow your heads with me. Lord God, I stand before you today and these people. We all stand in your presence today, Lord. Having heard your word, my, how it has challenged us. But it, it, it should be that way, shouldn't it, Lord? It should never leave us comfortable in our weakness. May we never feel comfortable in spiritual weakness. May you put a zeal and a striving. May you rekindle a flame. It's not about how that fire may or may not strike the senses of one, the, the bodily senses of one, the different from the bodily senses of another. Some people speak in tongues, some don't. I never have. Some people run and leap. I don't. Some people fall on the ground and roll around in drunken laughter. I've seen it. I've never done that. When the Holy Spirit strikes me, Lord, I jump up and down. And sometimes I'm so excited, I jump up and down and spin as I'm jumping. I can't help it. I don't even realize I'm doing it. Sometimes in my office, Lord, I clap my hands so thunderously. My dear wife rushes in to see if I'm okay. I've felt your nearness. Sometimes your nearness comes in and I, I crumble to the floor and I weep and gush with tears. Doesn't matter how you, how this fire plays upon the senses, the, the bodily senses of a human, but that it would remove sin, that it would purge iniquity and give us clean hands and give us clean hearts. Oh God, that we might be the tabernacle of the Lord's dwelling place. Take out all the stones, Lord. Fill it with silver. Take away all these bitter trees, Lord, that were born in me in massive quantities. They fill up the valley. The whole vale is filled with these bitter trees, these sycamores. They're hard and knotty and difficult. Push them out with cedars, Lord. Bring in the cedars. Bring in the chief wood that built the tabernacle of your dwelling place in the days of Solomon. Come down and fill up this temple. 
this temple that I stand in today so that the works of my flesh can no longer work. Grant it, Lord. Let there be such a presence of the fire from off the altar that none of my bodily senses, which are still unconverted, none of my memory, reason, conscious, affection, imagination, nothing I taste, touch, see, hear, feel, nothing, nothing can affect, Lord, or overrule that innermost inner man. That that innermost inner man in that, in that what we sometimes call the, the holy of holies, Lord, whereas the Bible referred to it as the most holy place, same thing. Lord, that's where the Shekinah is. That's where I want to live. I want to be a third realm dweller, Lord. So I pray that you'll grant that to us today, Father. Let this word that's gone forth, Lord, the rapture is soon. The world, in a twist of, of ironic fate, has misunderstood. You, when you came in this day, you were not what they expected. You, the, 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 the intention of the, of the systems of religion today are going to see their intentions frustrated and come to nothing. It'll be, a, it'll be cruel irony when they stand on that day and realize what could have been. Maybe there's young people here today. Maybe there's old people. Maybe there's both who would say, Brother Jason, today, preach your man. I've come to terms with myself today, and I feel like Isaiah in the presence of God, and I need a coal of fire. Why don't you raise up your hands to the Lord and say, oh, God, come in. I don't care whether you, maybe you've already been born again of the Spirit of God. Maybe you need a refilling. Maybe you need new fire. A rekindled zeal to say, Lord God of heaven, sanctify my heart and my mind. Cleanse my thinking. Change my plans and my mind. Change all my schemes and dreams, Lord. Let me be freshly dedicated to you today. When the voice of God says, who shall go for us? Then he answered, here am I. Send me. We love you today for your word. We thank you for what you have given us, Master. I Commit myself into your hands and this audience into your hands. Deal with hearts, Lord, as you see fit. Every hand that went up, Lord, may you take them at their word. May you fulfill your promise that you would give the Holy Ghost and fire. Lord, I'm not, we're not here to dictate how that will affect the, our bodily senses, but I know this. I want it for myself. I want it for my family. I want it for this church. I want everybody to have an upper room experience. I want that day of Pentecost raging within us. Oh God. We're almost home, Lord. Help us to be purged and cleansed by the fire from off the altar. You did everything by fire. From start to finish, you begin with fire and you finish it with fire. We love you, Lord. We love you. I thank you for this patient audience who sat today, Lord, patiently hearing the word of God. Now, Lord, as we sing a song or two of Zion, the worship songs, this is to water the seed of the word, the seed of the gospel that has been sown in our hearts. Don't let us be in a hurry. Lord, give us a few minutes to linger in your presence as we sing these songs, lifting up holy hands, worshiping you in spirit and in truth. What a privilege! What a privilege it is 
to worship you in spirit and in truth. The world thinks they're worshiping you ironically. They're worshiping Satan and don't realize it. It's not what they expected. Sing, brother. Well, bow down and say you are God. Every man will bow down and say you are king so let's start right now why would we Just want to be with you. Fill up our vessels today, Lord God. Just want to be with you. King of glory, fill this place. Just want to be with you. Just want to be with you. Yes, the world will bow down and say you are God. Every man will bow down and say you are King. So let's start right Just want to be with you. Gather around. King of glory, fill this place. Just want to be with you. Yes, Lord. Just want to be Anybody with you. Anybody else need prayer today? My, here's your opportunity. Just want to be with you. Hallelujah. Oh my. Just want to be with you. Some are coming anymore today. Want prayer? You want to minister? Pray with you today. King of glory. Feel this place. Just want to be with you. Just want to be with you. Yes, the world will bow down and say you are God. Hallelujah! Every man will bow down and say you are King. So let's start right now. Why would?
just want to be with you Yes, the world will bow down and say you are God Every man bow down and say you are King So let's start right
just wanna be with you. Amen. Uh, catch, 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 catch Jackson first. Let me be as good as pure gold and precious silver, purify my heart. Let me be as Satan, the blood of Jesus stands against you. The blood of Jesus stands against you. Satan, the blood of Jesus stands against you. We ask for the mercy of God upon our brother right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, we join with this prayer call right now that wherever it should go, let the power of God drive back darkness and evil. Grant it, Lord God, I pray for your blessing upon our brother. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen, Brother Rich. God bless you. Oh, well, we have no way to get it there. But maybe Sister Jean can take it when she goes. So give it to her and she'll take it. Okay, all right. Oh, let's sing this, friend. Beauty that made my heart adore you. Hope of a life spent with you. Here I am. Here I am to worship. Just say that to the Lord right now. Here I am, Here I am Lord. Here I am to worship, Here to bow down, to, to say, You're my You're God. My we're all together lovely. All together worthy. All together worthy. 
condemn the work of the enemy. The blood of Jesus King Christ cleanses. Hallelujah. So, so be it, Lord God. Cause it to be. Bring it to pass. Even right now. some worship friends. He's worthy of it. You're my God. Oh, hallelujah. All together give him some praise. All together hallelujah. Worship. Better give him some praise. All We're getting ready to dismiss. Here's your chance. Over here, brother. So here I am to worship. Here I am to bow. I am to say that you're my God. You're all together lovely, all together worthy, all together wonderful to me. I'll never know. Oh, I'll never know how much it costs. My sins upon that cross. Oh, I'll never know how much it costs to see my sins upon that cross. Here I am to worship. Here I am to bow. Here I. Say, say here, that you're my God. Brother Jack, all come help me pray for these young girls. Lovely, all together. Felt led to ask you to come help, brother. All together, wonderful to me. Open the eyes of my heart.
living God. Hallelujah. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. You can be seated if you like. I want to see you. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you. To see you.